gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of the Zealand Podcast. I have kidnapped a member of SI to join me on this podcast. Uh, his name is Nick Madden, and he is integral to the construction of the match engine. And I am only wording it in such a fancy way because I actually forgot what your title is. So would you like to fill us in on what the title is? <laughs> Of course, Zealand. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, so I'm the producer of the Match Engine team. Um, I actually started off um, at SI as a QA tester, and I've grown through the company um, like from a QA lead, so a, like basically games tester, but I was the, the Match Engine tester, so for the AI, and I've been the producer now for about, this is coming into my fourth cycle. So yeah, it's uh, it's been a ni- been a nice um, yeah. I think I've been with Sports Interactive now, um, but approaching six years. So it's yeah, it's been a, a phenomenal journey. That's that's about as long as I've been playing football manager. So there's this there's a lovely juxtaposition between the two of us. And now here we are. You're the lead dude on the match engine who I love to invoke when something weird happens in the match engine itself <laughs> and i somehow have convinced my mom that what i'm doing is a legitimate job playing football manager all day long and i we, we've been talking as this typically goes for way too long before the podcast actually started but we'll try and touch on all the interesting things that we have talked about but what i think it's important off the top is so you're the producer of the match engine then what do you actually do like when the game's being made well, I, I'm I'm just as I guess a cog in the wheel. I'm just as like a part of the team, really. Um, for from for us, like it, it, it's you know when we're starting out a game, like we always think about looking at the, the the last game. So like the last match engine, we only our team only focuses on the product that is the match engine. So we we don't get as distracted. And we fully just look at the match engine. What is it like? Have a real holistic like view and deep dive on it. But we have a roadmap that we also have a technical roadmap that we want to follow as well. So it's just like, is it is the next like sort of match engine that we want to go towards? Is that is that taking us across like to the next stage of our roadmap? And yeah, for me, I'm basically. I, I guess my, my job title of producer is probably should be like servant leader or something. <laughs> I basically, I'm in contact with everybody on the team. So I, I am, I'm the sort of the line manager of all the software engineers. I'm like um, the go-to person for all our match and testers. So we have like QA testers that are specialist for the match. Um, and they all report into me on a daily basis. Um, so we work in an agile way. We we, we have our, our like our daily scrum meeting like in in the morning, and um, we would talk, we would plan, we would like scope out stuff, and yeah, just it in between the days and the weeks, we would all be communicating and reviewing the work and testing etc and yeah basically i'm there to just be the person who's making sure that who needs to talk to who they're always communicating and that everybody is always in the loop of what's going on i think that's that's the basically the heartbeat of my job um at sports interactive so i I feel like i created this maybe misleading caricature of you as somebody that's sitting there like coding 20 hours a day to like pull the match in together but you you are you are just the CEO of the entire team, and it's a big team, right? That's working on this match engine. 
It's funny, actually. It's a lot smaller than what you think it is. Um, so we have, I think there's about 12 of us. Um, oh, no, it's coming up to 14 because um, we're making some hires at the moment. But yeah, um, that is me, the QA testers. So there's um, four of us. Um, actually, uh, we've got one on loan at the moment, so five. And then the rest are software engineers. So you, about seven, eight of us. It's a, quite a small team for what we do. And yeah, that 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 goes across the AI in the match. That also um, lends itself to the animation and physics, and also like our technologies, so like our, and our tooling. So the, the sort of the infrastructure of the match. So I, I look after all those developers. And the end product is this miraculous thing that is the most accurate football slash soccer simulator that. Exists, you know. You watch enough to know. I have to do that. Yeah. If I say soccer, <laughs> then I'm, I'm I get banished to the Isle of Man for like two years. I think that's how that works. I, I don't know the exact actual the actual prison sentence, but it's, <laughs> it's funny though because I I used to coach like soccer like out in the states. So I was out there for five years and then I left and I um, came back to the UK and everybody was taking the mick out of me so much because I was saying soccer all the time. And then I went to coach um, to coach football over in New Zealand, and they also call it soccer over there because rugby's so big. So it was funny that I went from like soccer back to football, back to soccer, back to football, <laughs> and and then when I started at Football Manager, I like just came back from New Zealand, and like I literally um, I hopped on a plane, um, basically to get a, a ticket to an I got a ticket to an event. Um, called um, Raise Your Game, which is run by Kick It Out, Kick Races Matter Football, which is on the splash screens of our game. And um, and I actually met Miles and basically I knew he was going to be there because I had um, read all the reviews of, of Kick It Out and one of my real close friends, he had got a job um, at Sports Interactive. Well, now a close friend, but he wasn't at the time. He just went to my university. He got a job as a games tester. I was like, oh my God, this is my favourite game. I'm sitting here in my room in New Zealand playing on Football Manager when I could get on a plane, I could then try and meet, get to this event, meet Miles, and I could try and get a job at Football Manager. That'd be really cool, wouldn't it? And that's how it happened. It's, it was, it's been an absolutely amazing like journey, really, to, to just that, yeah, jump, ooh, jump on the plane. That takes some guts, man. That takes some guts. <laughs> it's like... Uh, did you, I mean, assume, I'm assuming you had more tact than you just walking up to Miles and being like, hello, give me a job. You know, like, you probably, how did you put the moves on? What was the... Well, it's, it's a brilliant event. Like, Raise Your Game, basically, they, they have, say, about 150, 200 free tickets that they give out. And they have about... They have about, about 100, 200 people that are from the, the football industry. Um it's sort of like a, a networking event, but also you get a chance to s sit down for about 15 minutes and talk to someone who's in the football industry and talk to them, ask them, like, how did they get into their work or ask them for career advice. And But I knew that, like, some of the people that were going to be there and obviously knew that Miles was going to be there. And so I basically on my sort of letter to get in I expressed how much of a football manager fan I was and they set us up in a sort of like a 15 minute speed date um, so yeah we were just talking about talking about football manager first question I asked him was then um, why did you stop the football manager podcast and um, because that used to be how I caught up with the game 
and when I was in America, uh, so I was re- that I used to listen to that like religiously, and I was like, "Why did you give that up?" And was feature roulette really real? That was my <laughs> that was my question to him. Was and it? Why, I, was it real? It is real. Um, no, it genuinely is real, and that, and that's the thing. But I I didn't realize it at the time. Like, how are these numbers so large? And now I understand because I'm in that side where you know we get to like for example I get to go through our say our features database everybody in the community and everybody in the studio can add to so i i know how large these numbers are like we go through we prune it all the time and go okay let's can we can we shape this can we make it into sync like i think football manager 2019 that's the tactics revamp on that that was half like my idea and some designs and like I worked really closely with Jack Joyce on it and like Paul Collier himself. Like we worked, worked really, really hard on that. But we took so much, like so much of the content from what people had logged on the forums and we we sort of like threw it all in. So that it all came together from like suggestions from some of the forums as well as like us thinking about it and being like, oh, we could we could do a better job at this. We could do a better job at someone creating the tactics like and I just used a bit of my coaching experience versus how, because you've got, to, you can't make it so realistic that it's not fun. And like, yes, it need, cause yes, it needs to be a game yes. as well, yeah. but it's, but like you want to simulate it as much as you can. It's like, so you want, so that's what the reason why we did the styles is because it, it makes it then a lot easier for someone to pick up and the pick up who might not know football manager. I always thought that it was a very much a like, you know, you have to know the game. And I was like, let's strip it back and make it something that's really easy for someone who may not know the game. It's a good in- entry point. Because I like I started playing the game when I was like eight years old. So I have no idea how how I got into the tactics. Like I must have just well, English football back then was just four four two. So like you could just play that. I uh, know it was you know you're four, four, right. Four, right. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh amazing. Um. Perfect. Yeah, I, I think, <laughs> Great timing. <laughs> yeah. I think that's um, it's amazing. I, I don't know where the that comes from. It's just uh, <laughs> like, I, I think that's the wonderful different perspective. I Like, I didn't grow up surrounded by the deeper tactical side of the sport. The misconception is that, and, and you know this is obviously not true as you lived over here, is that soccer just isn't played or understood. People understand it. They just think it's girly and that's something that kids play. That I mean, that's the honest truth on that. And it's obviously changing. It's now more popular than ice hockey, and it's on its way to, I think, probably being the third most popular sport in the U.S. is where it'll probably hang out for a while. I think it'll pass baseball. But that's not what we're here to talk about. The point is (laughs) that I had to learn the game, right? I had this process of like two to three years of learning football manager, starting saves, going, okay, I have no idea what the hell's going on closing the save, starting one six months later, and then getting a little farther, and then going, "Ah, I don't know what's going on, and then leaving again. And I think that's where that's where my YouTube channel has kind of come from, at least initially, was to help people learn how to play the game. Did I have any idea that that could eventually become my job? No, obviously. I don't think anybody, yeah. I wasn't, when I was five years old, I wasn't in class like, I want to make football manager videos. Like, they didn't, you know. <laughs> I probably was doing that. Though, yeah, you I, were. <laughs> no, well, you were eight years old, dude. I don't know if I had the capacity mentally to play this game when I was eight. But I played it, with Eric Cantona was in the game. Oh, that's that's how long ago, like, that I started playing. You know, like, I only found out who Eric Cantona was like three years ago. Oh, he it, like 
he was the player that like every kid in the school playground had their collar up. Like, <laughs> yeah, they were going yeah. out the unibrow too, right? That was the. That was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, were, they weren't kung fu kicking anybody, but they were like they they were the collar was up. Everybody would just stand there. They wouldn't celebrate because of his like infamous like oh against like Sunderland. But yeah, and that, that's just yeah. I, I was sitting there like in class making world 11s and setting them up to play against each other on the back of like my notepads or back of my like books. Yeah. I would, yeah, it's crazy that I would, and you would go home and like, I fell in love with like football manager when it was just the commentary bar and you, the flashing, the flashing goal. Like I, I would have never imagined at that point that I would play in the game and A, I'd be working at Sports Interactive, but B, we'd have like this 3D simulation and you know like that that's it just it blows my mind that i fell in love with the game it was so text-based and it was so imaginary and it sort of it comes like it came to life in your mind when you're like just reading the text and i'm dyslexic so i don't really read that well so i turned up like the most fastest thing i just wanted the goal i just i fell in love with the flash you really, were just like, waiting for the flash i was just waiting for the flash and so yeah it's really interesting that then yeah, you can imagine what the goal was and now you can see it in 3D and now I work with the guys who can help make the 3D and also make the AI and sort of the underneath the 3D and it really just blows my mind that every day and when I play on the game for fun it's still fun like it's still the game that I grew up playing but just it's just obviously an immense simulation now. It's like a, just a huge whole universe, really. And, yeah. you know, people like yourself, like you bring it to life in a different way. Like, because like, I, I even like, like watch the channels and I'm, you know, obviously watch it and I'm just like, oh, that's a different spin. Like I wouldn't have thought of it in that way, but I do now. And because when I'm playing, that's when I watch it. Like and that's some. It's funny because like when I'm playing, I play the way I play. But when I used to test the game, and I still do like test the game, but that's not really my job anymore. But I still do, and like you had to be, you have to be really destructive, and you have to play it yeah. in different well, ways. You well, have to play it in a way that someone else would would play. Trying not to yourself. trying to break the game exactly. Yeah. Well, what if I played Strikerless with four attacking midfielders, and then you just like see what happens, and then all of a sudden. I think it was a Chaos. couple of years ago. Yeah, a couple of years ago, it was the striker list with three attacking midfielders, a very narrow, and the game just broke. And I think that's what's great about the game now. And every time I say this on the internet, there's always a bunch of people like, well, the game's broken. I won the World Cup of San Marino. And I just would like to tell those people now to please shut up. Like, we get it. Uh, <laughs> like, okay. But the game, it cannot be broken the same as it could be in years past. So we're going to take our first break. But when we come back... Uh, I think we we talk about like how this match engine's really good. <laughs> Please do, yeah. We yeah. can talk about that. that <laughs> was, I think it's incredible. So you know, warts and all. <laughs> and we're back. The Zealand podcast, which would be that would that's me apparently. And then Nick Madden is with me. He is the producer of the Match Engine on Football Manager. We have covered kind of your origin story as a superhero in this context. Uh, and oh, I'd uh, love that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, a comic book series is in the works, I heard. I am under <laughs> non-disclosure. Can't tell you too much. Um, 
we what we get into now is the actual match engine itself because this year in the time that i've been playing which admittedly is not nearly as long as someone like you has been playing the match engine made probably the biggest single leap from 20 to 21 that i had seen from any of the previous games uh in terms of how realistic it looked the different variety of ways that you can score the through balls were incredibly refreshing i feel like they'd been gone for years and yes what do you make of this match engine this year that's my question it, it's definitely like up there with one of my favorites um it, it's really interesting actually because like when i first started it, in at sports interactive 2016 i think we were just really or 2015 i started 2016 and everybody like nicknamed it cross manager and i was just like well I was loved it. I thought it was such a fun game, and I was just like, "Why are people so negative about it? It's so much fun!" And then uh, what I realised is over the years is that basically that the game would just get coined a game, and it would nickname to like I think we've talked about you're saying about the strikeless one. I think that that was FM seventeen, or maybe FM eighteen was the, was the strikeless one. It's just like the game just gets a nickname at the end, and it's dependent on what 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 you can essentially exploit it as or that that's the the way it's that you score the most goals but what i loved about this this year is that you know look, we thought fm 2020 was a real solid game and we've we obviously we we've done our absolute best at that time to make the match engine what it was right but then when you saw some of like the comments and we realized like oh okay like we've got some bits like n not working as well as others. Like we have an opportunity to make this better, and so we we basically we looked at it and we were like, right, let's really strip it back. Like how how awesome would it be if we could like because we had done a whole attacking revamp for FM twenty, and we added some amazing stuff. And what we realised is that just the defenders just weren't as good at anticipating what the strikers could do and what the attackers could do and that's why like strikers were getting into like situations where they that they basically were in one-on-one -on -one situations too often and then obviously like we're simulating it so we got the whole like we got all the, the whole life me universe at like nearly like 2.8 goals per game on average because that's basically like football. It's in between like two point five, two point eight. Some some leagues are a little little bit above three, but you know you you're not going to go too high. So we've got the simulation right in the numbers, but it didn't didn't feel as right as what it could have been. And so yeah, we really went back to okay, how can we improve this, and how can we really level out the advantage for the strikers and the defenders but also how can we make like, more use of some of the instructions that people love and people like want them working better you know like and the focus the ball through flanks and focus the ball like down the center it was a really interesting um, feature that it came from the forums um came from the community and there was one where they wanted instead of you say focusing to the left flank they wanted you they wanted a sort of a feign attack so you would actually not focus to the 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 right like or yeah so you're focusing down the right you actually know i want my team to focus down the left but then go down the right later on and i was like oh that's quite an interesting concept we could do that 
but we don't need to put an extra textual instruction. We could just do that as a, that's an option. So if you were to focus play down the right, sometimes it won't go down the right, but you'll exploit down the right later on. And um, so you'll like focus to go down the left to then create an opportunity to switch. Right. And so, so your the players, team are really like thinking. Yeah, the players are actively looking to do that sometimes, depending on how smart they are, is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. So like depending on their yeah, their attributes and their decision making. Uh, they will sometimes look to instead of playing down the right because they're always focusing down the right like actually no let's play it down the left and let's build up on the left to then look for that switch to the right and then play down the right and so we would like we saw little fins of that and we're like oh, okay that's quite an interesting thing well if we're gonna if we're gonna work on say focusing down the flanks and we've got to do the center you know there's always like we have there's always that like part where we if we have to improve the defending then we've got to improve the attacking We've really got to level it out, and it's it's a, just to make sure that we're always staying true to the simulation. We're always getting it, keeping it balanced, and we always keep it balanced throughout the cycle. So, like even now, if I was to load up the game in the office, it would be balanced, and that's something that really like we really hone in on, and like that balance. And yeah, that from that 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 really helped us. Like keeping the game balanced all the way throughout, thinking about how we can improve the defending, thinking about how we can improve the attacking and vice versa. And yeah, we came up with this cool concept of an open play marking map. So like it it was it it used a lot of the sort of the terminology that I would sort of like um use in coaching as well and like how like players would pass on other players. One thing I didn't realise is that we didn't have that concept completely nailed down in the match engine up until last cycle. And that was something that I think was really fundamental. The defenders would work together and they would know, but they wouldn't ever use like their their attributes, even things like the communication and stuff like that. Like, you know, like the players do talk to each other on the field. Like we simulate that sort of that that talking. And they weren't passing on players. And that's very normal, like I'm a centre-back, but it's very normal that you would pass on a player, especially like with one, you know, it's funny, like I spent most of my youth team sort of like, I'm not a very like, amazing player at all. Like there's a lot of better players in the SI, but I spent a lot of time marking a striker. And then the tail end of like me playing football is you've been passing on a striker because you're only, they, a team would only play one striker rather than two. So and that's the same with the game. It's like, you know, we would have built it with like, okay, well, you always play two strikers. Whereas now like football's a lot more fluid and there is one striker or two strikers or three strikers. And so there is a lot more passing on players or players move a lot and they move more sort of like horizontally now rather than vertically. And that's just stuff that we, we, we added into like the attacking side as well, like attacking midfielders, they would move they move more like side to side rather than up and down like the the days of like just always like say a, a you know a box to box midfielder always going from like just up and down actually doing that's that that's changing <laughs> yeah that's changed now like there is more midfielders that say they move into more half spaces and so we really need to, to make sure that we we made that like really like, exaggerated and like the sort of that AM strata and again it's just things that like when when people are on the community and they're saying things we do listen we might not have the time to reply to every person because it's so full of like there's some really good comments in there 
And sometimes it gets hidden and like, oh, well, this is rubbish. This is crap. It's like, well, actually, sometimes you're making a really good point. You just need to make that. Like, you've made the point. We've actually read it. But sometimes we we literally don't have enough hours in the day to reply to them all. And so even like stuff like the just general discussion forums, like there's people in sports and tractor that, that do keep an eye on it. But they just can't act. They haven't got enough time to reply to everybody. They would be there forever. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> so I, so many fans, you know. Well, yeah, I know that feeling. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's obviously it's been a lot better. The midfield play was huge, and I think that's a lot of the the horizontal movement and raising the level of the defense. Obviously, it's not perfect. Uh, this is one of the things that we talked about before we actually got on was the transition play. Uh, coming out of a, de- a couple of other facets. So I know that somebody would be like, well, you should have asked him this. Okay, so when you're playing the game and you've got like three defenders and two attackers and then all of a sudden the defenders just kind of go the wrong direction for a second or they take a wrong step, like what is causing you causing that? Is that something that's easy to diagnose and say, well, you know, whatever this counterattack was happened to find some sort of gap in the mapping or the 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 marking map that you were talking about? Or is it... Um, that the intelligence of defenders is just really highly weighted on these counterattacks. Like, what is causing those sorts of things? Because it's one of the few complaints that I get about Football Manager now is that defense in the counterattack. I guess, see, when when players are, like, moving and they're moving to their tactical position, so a lot of the defenders, they will move to... They need to get back. But then sometimes... It's about their attributes to know where to get back. So, like, they're just not just their decision making, but do they have even the pace to get back to where they need to get to? Um, are they looking to actually? Are they looking to get to the ball player? So, the person on the ball dribbling or on the counter attack, or are they actually looking to get back to cover the, another player? Or are they getting back to not cover that player but another player again? So they really do, the players have a concept of like who, am I either going to the ball or am I covering or am I covering vital space? And sometimes there might be confusion in there. But we also, we do simulate that confusion because um, especially like for counterattacks and stuff, not always players know what to do. Players players sometimes get sort of like caught in no man's land um, and players don't go to the right position. Like that, and that's what causes a goal. But yeah, it's their decision making and it's them just thinking, okay, can I get back or do I need to cover this person or do I need to track the runner or can I even keep up with the runner? And some players, like they just like, oh, they they can't even keep up. It, it could even be their condition at that time. Can they even make that long busting run to get back as well? And it, all these different things that actually come into play. Sometimes it isn't just a singular thing. Like I, I feel so like I feel for some of our developers at some time because yes, they expose the engine to us, so we have so much debug and we can see what's going on at any given slice. But they also have so many different factors, not just football, but also every player's attribute and all, all of the instructions of like. How are they going to balance this? Like it, like they. It's incredible how they actually can balance it. Yeah. And score someone's decision making versus like another player, and yeah, it's very much like how are they getting back, and it's like, it, and it's also how much that they value that space rather than that space. Like so, like that space might be say more vital than others, 
and yeah there's definitely some improvements that we can make you know like um, the, your latest video that I, that I saw on the long, long throws that's right yeah that is really interesting like like to see that that player because that player like um there was a so player for, um, to, to you fill, mentioned, yeah to fill people in on what he's talking about is in the long throw video i talk about why long throws aren't good anymore and we highlight a player who's my center back who instead of challenging for the header the moment the ball is thrown he just turns tail and starts running towards the other box that's what we're talking about yeah yeah and he's he's there he's look and he's like i can't get to this ball so i know that we that player is going to win the ball and so i now need to transition because i like the players will actively know they'll make a decision on whether they can meet the ball or not whether they can attack it and if they know they can't get there or if they know they can't get there quick enough to put off the other player in challenge then they will then try and think oh there might be a counter attack here i might need to get back i'm so far away from my tactical position so some some players don't really have that concept of like oh let's just wait around but some do but most of them will like realistically if you're a defender you want to get back so you won't always stay up so yeah it's a real and that, there's where the balance comes in because we could keep those players up the field a lot longer but then that might then cause more um, issues maybe at the back where players aren't getting back as right. quickly they aren't recovering as well like we were always taught as um when coach and when i used to coach recover to your posts and then we have like code obviously for recovery runs we have code even for like when players need to switch back to actual their tactical positions rather than the ones that they're covering so because some guys are say covering other players so yeah. your, your your guys are sat back from that corner they're covering someone else who who should be there, but they're there just for the set piece. And and then the challenge is there is when do they change? When do they go back to their normal position? And that is like that comes with some like, added little bits of chaos as well because some players do change back and it's seamless, but some do change back and you know that it's just the wrong time. Why are you changing back at that time? And it. But then we we have to sort of simulate that bad decision making or that that error in judgment in a player, and yeah, you know, they think, oh yeah, I've got plenty of time to do this, but really you actually haven't. And so yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um, we we've done a lot of um done a we we've done a lot of um improvements to like aerial interceptions last cycle as well. And so that that was one of the main things for like FM twenty one is we did look at those those error interceptions and when can a player get the ball? How how can they challenge? Can they challenge with their head? Do they have enough time to bring it down? Can they like bring it down and then clear or can they bring it down and then play? And yeah, and even our goalkeepers to be a bit more aggressive and come off the line, leave a punch. So like if it's a bit windy or if it's a bit rainy, then they will punch more because of the weather and yeah. yeah it's just and again it just shows how in depth the simulation really goes because we simulate the weather you know and they, we have to simulate that football in the weather conditions so it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's insane it, bring, <laughs> it brings up this other point too on the throw-in stuff and that the, honestly i'd always speculated about that punching thing but i'd never confirmed it like you know we, i was a goalkeeper so in real life if it's raining you just punch it. You don't want to try and catch it. It's just going to be a mess. But I'd never 
actually confirm that that was in football manager and that's what's cool is that you actually you know you don't watch every video religiously. I'm pretty sure my mom's the only one that does. But you, like, you, you catch these videos where we're really breaking down the match engine or a tactic or something that's happening. Like, uh, there's another video that I'm sure you would love about why, uh, how to use your wingbacks effectively. And I, a lot of people said this like the best video I've ever made, which it sounds really, really toolish for me to say that out loud. But I almost agree with them because we cite more like footage from the match engine. Like when you're a complete wing back on attack, this is where you're going to go. And I, um, maybe you can watch that. I'll have you back next week. No, the, uh, <laughs> I'll see you later. I've got, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, got some revision. time. Yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> the, the thing to understand is that the simulation is, is two separate parts. And I, I find myself explaining this a lot, but so on the throw-ins, when the guy is deciding that he's not going to be able to win the ball, it looks to us like, he's made that decision right when the ball, because he starts running back right when the ball leaves the person's hand. And I think what's important to remember is that he's not going to win that ball. He's just, because of the way the visual representation is happening, it doesn't feel like the natural simulation is happening because the moment the ball leaves the throwing guy's hand, he's sprinting back to go play defense. But it's because the numbers said that's what's supposed to happen. right? But the visual side, the visual side is the, other half of it and the visual side is vast majority of the time there and functional and working but what the visual side is trying to do is represent what the numbers are happening or what the numbers well, say is happening well they are linked obviously with the animate the animation engine and like the the match engine itself like they are linked but sometimes we have animations that are slightly longer so it's just like say a, a throw-in might be a little bit longer of an animation or like a clearance might get played just that little second, like too early or too late. But the decision has been, the decision has been made. Yeah. Yeah. And, but also it's um, really interesting because how I explain it is that in the match engine, the decisions are made on slices. So in every 0.25 seconds, a player has an opportunity to make a a decision. Um, And so we're, we simulate 90 minutes of football, of course. And yeah, so every yeah, quarter of a second, player could make a decision. But not only can they make a decision on the slice at the start of the slice or on the slice at the end of the slice, players can also make mid-slice decisions. And so like, really, like it could be like, like an eighth of a second that a player might make a decision. And then also players make decisions off the back of another player and they we then order those decisions based on like say who's closest to the ball at that point or who needs to make the next decision um and what's interesting is like from like yeah from open play it's like every time whoever's closest to the circumference of the ball will, will tend to need to make the next decisions and we can actually see in our debug of like who, the decision list really like who's going to make the decision off the back of this player so it's really really interesting like when you break it down like that so it could even be like an ordering thing as well where like the the player who's made the decision that net maybe there's like two or three players that wait need to go first before that other player makes this decision because it's all like in the radius of the ball but the Sometimes there might be someone that's you might look like they're actually closer, but they're not as close, especially like from throw in situations. 
because there's so many actually players close because it's quite packed in. So yeah, it's really, really interesting to find out like that the next person who needs to make the decision based off that player. And you talked about this debug thing, and this is one of the key tenets of football manager, in my opinion, is when you are making, and I don't even know if I'm jealous of you, but you when you are making decisions about the match engine and stuff, you can see the actual data of what is happening. Like it will say, this dude made this decision and you can go through and you can assess exactly which attribute is most important in this instance, what's affecting which. And that's, that's this debug thing. And we can't see that. And I love that. Right? And there are parts of the match engine where every and you, and you know this because I'll pull up your face literally on stream and be like, Nick, what just happened? Uh, where it, it's almost never going to be perfect because no two goals are alike in real life. And so you're trying to simulate infinity essentially with the match engine. But there, in we've already talked about the issues and stuff, but this the debug thing where you can see it and we can't in my opinion, creates the magic of Football Manager because instead of me seeing the probability of my grayed-out goalkeeper saving this penalty, which I would essentially be able to get if I had the debug in front of me, right? I'd be able to see, like, what were the odds that he was able to save this penalty? And it's a it's a pure, like, well, you got to flip a coin five times, and if you get head to, heads all five times, then, uh, then it, it works. But when you can't see that, and it just happens... I think that's what makes FM so special. It's really, it's incredible. Like the, we, we essentially we simulate the randomness of football. That's the bit that we Watson or whatever football, whatever's happened in a, a football match in the past, we'll try and simulate it as best as we can. Um, and yeah, like we, I'm glad that we don't obviously show off that so much because you're right. It's the magic. Like you don't want the magician to show off how they do all the tricks. And that's the magic of 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 the match engine is, is that, that we will simulate that randomness. But yeah, like for example, if you were there, like in if you had hold of it, you could play out different scenarios. So, for example, like if you you want that player to say he's taken that penalty, you want the player to either shoot here, or shoot there. You could you could you could see that live, like what would happen. Um, yeah, but it's so random though we would. It's it's funny because the the engine itself it really is like it's so unique because it can play out in so many different like scenarios. Like we we um we're deterministic um across like multiple platforms. So obviously like you can play on Windows and you can play on Mac and that your PKM will be exactly the same. So you, that's your packed match. That's basically like the save file. But that that has the basically infinity amount of like we can basically play that that match again with a different say randomness or a different sort of random seed, for example, and it would play out completely different. That, so that sometimes, like, you may have experienced in the past where something might have gone wrong, like, and we've caused, like, a divergence, for example. And what happens there is that the score line would change on your game. You've loaded up your game, and you're, it was 2-1, and then you've loaded it up, and you're oh, now it says it's 3-0. And that, essentially, that shows the power of the match engine because 
every if the decision was played out differently, just one decision, it will change the whole outcome it's of the, the match. The butterfly effect. Like one yes. central midfielder makes because of his attribute the decision to pass here instead of there, and the entire ricochet out for the rest of the match is different. And yeah, then all of a exactly. sudden, yeah, and then, you know, the planet of the apes is happening, basically, <laughs> by the end of the match. Exactly, yeah, it's incredible. It really is. One decision can actually change the outcome and the whole outcome of the match. And that that's that's incredible. It really is. And, but that also shows that we, like, from what we just see, we can see, like, say, the last player's decision and sort of why them, how they made that decision and whether we're trying to simulate them to make a mistake at that point as well. That's really important because we have to simulate football and players make mistakes. We're all humans. So it, we also have to put that human edge in, into it. And it's, yeah, but we also need to simulate brilliance as well. And that's yeah. sort of, yeah. And it, we, have, um, we have one sort of scenario that we can turn on where we have no error on any player's pass or any shot. Wow, that is phenomenal. But the games are totally unrealistic. I like you know 12 15 and stuff yeah see you have you where every pass and shot is perfect you can turn that yeah. on in the game in yeah. which even if you have 20s in every attribute right every pass and shot wouldn't be perfect right so it would be exactly yeah because you have to simulate error like you have a player has to make a bad choice yeah. that's how late so you, you can actually just turn on the perfect world simulation and just see what happens that's that's really that's interesting. Uh, I've prepared, though, an incredibly hard-hitting question for you. That's this, <laughs> Thank you. This, yeah, that I, that I knew I wanted to, to, to end on. And trust me, I wanted to end on the fact that you actually watch the videos, which I think is so cool. And I hope to keep more of a dialogue open when I make another video like the throw-in video. And I, Because in the throw-in video, I grab onto one or two things that were already there. Uh, the only thing that you said you changed was the... Um, it was the attribute of the thrower so we scaled it down a little bit differently like so if you have say 12 for long throws you wouldn't be able to throw it as far as yeah it was scaled down already but we just we've changed the parameters of that right based off the very good feedback of um uh, a well-known um showdown as well yeah yeah no and also ian mcintosh as well absolutely on the fm podcast he was abusing the long throws well well. it was is because i know every time i i've only had an opportunity to talk to to you and the si crew a couple of times and every time i do it's always about well why is this the case because it's the case in real life you know why are direct free kicks not scored more often because they don't get scored a lot in real life that sort of thing and the long throws seem to be the outlier in that it's like well not every team is iceland right you know you can't like always sure. score 20 percent of your goals on or immediately after a long throw and so now that that's fixed i think that's good but the, now for the self-indulgence out of the way now for the question <laughs> you you have i i have to answer this question all the time and I like to think I have a lot of information, play the games thousands of hours every time, right? Make videos about them all the time. But what is, and I am expecting a cop-out answer here, but that's okay. What is the best attribute in Football Manager? Oh, wow. It's funny because if the best attribute, like for me, I would always point down to decision-making and decisions, because like every player has to make one 
every player has to make a decision on the pitch. So, but it, it may not be necessarily just like the most important because it's also in combination of other things. Like you've like, but I would, I would say that was probably like my, my favorite. And it, it's something that I do look at if I'm looking say for a midfielder, I would look at their, their attribute of their decisions more than anything. Because I know that they have the ball more than other players, so you need them to make like the best decisions on the ball. But yeah, like obviously everybody will, would say pace, right? Because yeah, well, I did, I did the really, test, right? This not scientific at all. Where I, I, t- I made one team that had one attribute in twenty and every other attribute in ten, and so it was this league of like thirty-seven teams, and each one has twenty in one attribute and ten in the other, and what one was strength. But the, the general the general consensus was that strength won because if you have 10 more strength than the guy next to you all the time, then that's just an unbelievable amount of dominance that's not realistic, right? Like you're not, unless you have a target man going up against a fullback, that's really the only time I could think of that being, you know, where somebody, somebody is, would have to have 15 strength, the other person has five or something weird. It's not a normal situation where decision-making might be what makes the difference when you only have a two or three difference in decision making somebody's got 11 other person has 14 you want to say the guy with 14 even though his strength is a little worse because it's going to be more important to what he's doing than just raw sheer you know <laughs> this team of steroided up dudes that i made for this for this test brute uh, force yeah and one one thing i'd ask you if you were say let's talk about the throw-ins would you consider that a player would be using their strength when they're doing a long throw yes or no I think that something like a long throw is more technique than uh, I, I think something like a long throw. This is good. I think something like a long throw is more technique than strength. I do think that the way football manager does something like jumping reach was always really interesting to me because it's not just jumping. It's not like, well, how much can they add to their height? It's literally like what height can they reach? Which yeah. is which is a different way to think about it, and it shows that height and just the size you are as a human being affects people. And Football Manager generally does a good job of like this dude's bigger, and so he's able to keep the defender behind him. She's a larger person, but I oh, I just feel like here's the way I would I would probably compensate for that instead of making strength play into the long throws. If you're a small, slight guy, your long throw attributes probably just lower. Right, that's probably the way I would do it. But the, the, my dream scenario was if you actually are able to throw the ball from the side into the box with pace, it would just be a player trait. Like, it, you know, it's long, flat bullet throw. Yeah. Are you muted or am I just... No, no, that was me, sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. My bad. Um, no, was, yeah, we have, a, we're we have on the bullet Zoom, by the way, for yeah. those that were <laughs> fantasizing about what was going on. Yeah, you know, we're on Zoom. Sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, it's, you, you, I'm... So yeah, it's the long flat bullet throw thing essentially. But when I was, because I always try and propose a solution. You know, I, I'm, I, we've covered this. I'm incredibly non-confrontational. I love the game overall. But sometimes you have to make these videos where you talk about something that you know runs counter to w- what you guys are working on. And so I always try and come up with a solution at the end. And my solution at the end was instead of long throws being an attribute, it's kind of like the goalkeeping attribute on most outfield players. It's like for the vast majority of these guys, you have no idea how good they are at it because they never actually do it. 
right? So if you just have a trait on people that you go, this guy takes long throws, or this guy, there could be two traits because there are those rare people, right? Model citizen level rare, right? <laughs> that can do those flip long throws. And those guys are weapons. I mean, we had one on my high school soccer team who he had that flip long throws like a corner every single time. He'd do a front flip over the ball and the ball would just come out like a trebuchet and go wherever you needed it to. And to have that as a player trait instead of an attribute was my idea for a solution. How feasible it is, I have no idea because I'm not working with the guys every day. It's, it is really interesting, actually, like when you when you think about it like that. Because, yeah, you're right. It must be so hard for our researchers to research yeah. if someone has a long, good long throw. Because you're right. Like There's only a certain amount of people that you would see do it. And you would, you would only see someone who doing a long throw if the team were chasing a game or they had the tactic to play like exactly. that as but well it's, it's like so you it's very yeah it's very unique whoever's um, researching skill. phil foden has to fill that section in i've never seen phil foden you know take a throw in that goes no offense to phil foden it's not what he's doing <laughs> right but if he's taking a long throw it just right to the guy next to him and that's that's it you know it's hard i, I would love to, i would love to see that though <laughs> Phil <Fun. laughs> uh, I'll, pa- I'll pay money to see that on the right, match cool. of the day highlights. Oh, cool. <laughs> all right, all right. But yeah, it's a, it is really what interesting. For who, so. Chris Kamara? Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the um, funny enough though, the game will sort of like it, it. Say if the research isn't there, the game will be smart enough to look at say the rest of the attributes of the player and go, okay, well, let's like the game can sometimes calculate stuff if they need to. Like our research team are incredible. Like I can't believe that we got what a thousand, over a thousand scouts all around the world. Yeah, well, well add into our database, it's insane. When I recruit, really is insane. I recruit people from FIFA. I'm like, there are 395,000 players in this game, and each one of them, obviously some more than others, have been scouted and entered into the database. 395,000, and then at least five digits of staff. I don't know, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 staff. I don't know the exact number there because it doesn't shine, It doesn't come up in bright lights when you start the game. That's the player <laughs> count in the top corner. Exactly. That's just, it's an insane number of, of players. The research side is something that, yeah, I would obviously love to go down that rabbit hole because the amount of, the logistical challenge of getting 395,000 players scouted in the game to, you know, that that's somewhat accurate is is insane to me but i i had a random question pop into my head what does teamwork do i like because there are there are certain types of players right no two players are the same but you fit these players into molds and there's this one type of player that's unathletic doesn't have a ton of technique but their teamwork is like 19 what does that mean that they're good at doing uh, i'll give you a scenario like for the match engine because like that, that's where my, most of my expertise is, right? Especially like with teamwork. Yeah, I know the attribute questions basically going to you are like, how does this affect what they're doing in the in this match engine? Yeah. So for uh, like, uh, we were we were playing around with a PKM, yeah, and um, there was one that was sent in um, from the forums, and they were like, oh, the player did not square the ball in this scenario. And the reason why the player did not square the, scenario, the ball in that scenario is because at that point in the match, they were feeling very, very selfish and their sort of their phase on their attribute of the teamwork was actually a lot lower. If it was one higher at that stage, they would have squared the ball. <laughs> yeah, it is insane. So like th- that's... 
that that's just to give you a scenario based right it was just that but, but that that was just teamwork at that time but that also meant that all the other attributes needed to be in play at that time with that to and just raising teamwork by one in that stage that was what happened right that and, was the difference and yeah and and attributes can change during the match like is in like a player might like yes a player goes in with like say okay they have like 10 teamwork for example but they could also like in that point they might be a really really high morale they might be playing to their top end so they might be playing at like 10 but actually if they're like the conditions down and if they if they at that point in the match other things and other conflicting like things have come actually depending on their consistency as well like they might not be at a 10 at that point they might be an eight and so it's really interesting if you think about that is like the players won't always be playing to their maximum because no no player can always play to their maximum but that's where like the the different attributes come in to say that a player and their, their overall a player's personality so like their determination for example like that could be a real like that that could just be like one bit of the piece of the puzzle so it's really interesting how the whole player you've got to really look at the whole player but yeah teamwork in that example that was the difference between them not passing yeah and and two things one i feel like you just dropped a bomb on my head saying attributes change throughout a match i mean wording it that way is interesting because i guess that's the way you see it but you always know when you're playing the game that morale is affecting how good a player is their mentality is affecting how good a player is and things like consistency so it makes sense that the way that that's represented is the attributes literally just get worse because they're just not feeling it that day because they're inconsistent the other thing is you mentioned determination which if you ask anyone in the internet i apparently hate with every fiber of my being <laughs> based off that one video i made the determination doesn't matter and i think I think it's really interesting because I don't even know if you would know the answer to like, honest to goodness, the answer, how important determination is to things that happen. But I know it's this great mystery attribute because it, it affects player development. It affects things that happen off the field all the time, which is the only attribute. I, I think also leadership actually, but to a, obviously a lesser extent, more specific situations that affect things that happen off the field. And so is determination just in its own category? Like, does it get its own office in the SI headquarters or, or what's it? it? It does not get its own office, but it's very, <laughs> it's very, like, obviously with the sort of the development of players, like determination, determination is something that like, um, it's so key, like for them to really get to that top level if they have the rest of the attributes. Um, but yeah, in terms of like the match engine, like that, that could be the difference between a player going for a ball or not. It's really, yeah, but also their decision of whether they're going to get there or like, uh, you know, their acceleration if they can actually make it there in that time. Like a, a player will perceive whether they can get there or not. And that, that's sort of like when we were even talking about that player jumping from the ball. Some players will perceive that they will get there even though they're never going to get there. But some players <laughs> are smarter. They'll go, okay, no, I definitely can't get there. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's that one five nine guy that's convinced he's the he should be the main target on every corner kick on your team of all times because he's he's the guy that's going to score. That's amazing. I feel like that's almost that's the point to leave it at. Is it's like you, 
I'm asking you these questions that I get and that I come up with about like, we try and zero in on these one attribute. We did that whole elaborate test and found out determination was the second most important thing for development behind professionalism. And that was this, you know, moment. But it's so hard to just lock in on one attribute and say like, this is what makes the difference. Because if you've got five acceleration, your decision-making and whether to play like your, your positioning or your tackling, it's just not going to matter because you can't get to where you're trying to go and that sort of thing. And so it's just, even with all the information you have, it is impossible to make the right transfer decision every time on your save. Probably. At, it is impossible but also I play a bit differently. Like I only, I'm really weird. No, no, I'm really weird. Yeah. I, 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 I only sign Scottish players. So it also makes oh, it a lot easier. Because they're only Scottish. So Yeah, okay, Andy Robertson. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, oh, no, but I can't even get him. I could never get him. That's true. Too, no, too yeah, it, it's Lee Griffiths. What is like, Lee Griffiths somewhere? Like, I... Actually, won the here. Here's here's your Scottish fact for the day. I won the Champions League, first Champions League I won with Celtic. Um, and if you're Scottish, you either love them or hate them. But I, I'm lukewarm. And oh, let's go! He just flashed. He's got a Celtic badge, dude. I love it. Tatted on the chest. Oh, which you can't see. Which I have to remember. That's why I'm explaining it. Okay. Uh, yeah, so never on the Love It side. Cool, because most of the internet is Rangers fans, apparently, because so when I say that, they're like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I don't... But my my family is from an area of Scotland that when we visited, and I honestly don't even remember where it is at this point, they were Celtic fans. And so I bought a shirt, and I was when I opened Football Manager, just like, who do I want to play as a Celtic? We won the Champions League. There was one Scottish guy in my starting 11, and he's real. But he was just like a wonder kid in FM14. He's not anything now. His name is Mark O'Hara. So if you ever run into Mark O'Hara for me, you need I, I will pay for that man's drinks for a year, I think. Because he scored in the 112th minute against PSG. And he was... That's my Scottish footballing memory on football managers. Mark O'Hara flying in to beat PSG in the Champions League final. Mark, he's, he now he now plays at Motherwell. Um, he's number seven. And he's a very good player as well. He used to play centre back, but he's like he plays centre back sometimes for them. But he mainly plays in centre midfield. Yeah, that was where he was. He was, I think, sixteen when that game came out, and I picked him up at Celtic. And he was a centre back who I got to replace like Virgil Van Dyke when he left that Celtic team. That was my first experience with a player wanting to leave. I was so offended because I was so. Uh, in America, that's this very insulting dynamic when a player's like, I'm too good to play here because then you're just like, you know, then they get booed. If they're from, you know, if they leave Philadelphia, then they get people throw like rock snowballs at them. Like, you know, it's, like <laughs> it's, just, it, it's I've always struggled to understand how, you know, well, people accept a player wanting to leave their team because in the US, it's kind of just, oh, you're dead to me. But Van, so I got all mad at Virgil van Dyke and hated the real player for years because he decided to leave my Celtic team. How dare he for some amount of money? I can't remember. It doesn't matter because we won because we signed Mark <laughs> O'Hara. That's it. That's my I, story. I, I, I have never won this Champions League with Celtic. Really? No, I am. I am like, I, ne I never seem to get that. Like, I can never break it like through. So that's my, my challenge every FM that comes out is that I want to try and win the Champions League with just like all, Scottish guys with all Scottish team 
so like uh, similar to the Lisbon Lions, right? And um, they're all Scottish um, and live within like a ten mile radius of the ground. So yeah, I all were born within that that radius. So yeah, I want to win the the Champions League with all Scottish team. And I try and do it every time. I got um, to the Europa League final and lost, um, and I was gutted. Oh. Um, but yeah, it, and it's a really annoying as well because my favourite player is Tom Rockage. Um, and oh, so he's you Australian. have to get rid of him. No. Yeah. So like I I hold on to him for as long as I can. <laughs> I was like, can you naturalize him or something? Like he lives in Scotland for five years and then he's a Scottish. I love Rogic too. But he's uh, a, oh, he's a silky well, player. He just like, well, he's one of those guys where sometimes he disappears, but other times he turns up, and you're like, why is this guy even in this league? Like he's so good. And then other times uh, he plays three straight games, and he, you feel like he never touched the ball. But he just has this ability, man. When he plays for Australia too, he's He's something. Oh, he's, he's incredible. But he, well, he used to be a futsal player, and he came out of the Nike Academy as well. He's he's one of the only like players to really like shine from that academy. Um, yeah, it's a really really interesting story. His story actually. Oh. Yeah, that, that if you want to wait, wait, waste some time not actually watching other content like on <laughs> YouTube, then I highly recommend watching like uh, the Nike Academy stuff because he was his journey is incredible. Crazy. Like, I- yeah. Sorry, well then, I, I'm sorry about the league this year. I'll leave it at that. I'm sorry that, that um, finally happened. It was going to happen I, eventually. I mean, I was, I was, um, I was listening to the game today, and yeah, I was because I like to listen to the game on radio as well. So um, yeah, I, I found it very, very hard this year to watch because I know how good Rangers have been, and I've seen the games, and I like I watch all of the Scottish football. As well, and like I, I do tune into like a lot of the the games, and then to see them playing so well, it's and especially in Europe as well, it's really hard to watch because they are they, you know, if they go on invincible, you know, they we never thought it was going to happen for Celtic, and it's it happened only a couple of years ago, yeah. And now for them to then go the whole season, so and yeah, it's been tough to watch as a fan but also it's great for Scottish football like our coefficient now means that it might be easier for Celtics to actually make the Champions League in the exactly future. so yeah. that that I'm really happy about so that's the beautiful thing is uh, people do the saves in Scotland and you have Rangers and Celtic that are always in Europe battling these teams and then if you take like Aberdeen and you start getting into Europe and battling then all the coefficient you get up to like Belgium Netherlands Portugal like around those leagues where you start to get a, plenty, a lot of spots, three, four teams in Champions League. But yeah, it, that's the only good, that, that's going to be the only good thing that we can <laughs> like, get out of it is that's, I'm trying to take as many positives yeah, as possible well, because it's so bad. That's so, the only that, one for sure. That's. Uh, it's also, it's really like, to think we've won nine trophies in a row and four like trebles in a row. Like that's insane. And yet, it feels like we might need to rebuild and do a whole like football manager, like basically like we need to do a whole football manager rebuild. And the funny thing, I was thinking about it today. I was thinking Alan McGregor is like a football manager goalkeeper because like we can never seem to score against him. He's like, you know, when you, you should be winning the match yes, and you don't. And, just- and, he saved, and, and when he saved the penalty today, I was like, he's, he's just like a football manager goalkeeper. He's always so good. It's like, can never get past him. But he's the guy. 
he he yeah he's been absolutely incredible well and to pivoting to hopefully the more success in your fandom this summer scotland's got a pretty hot date with with england and i think this is fun just because when you're yelling at people that make the match engine this is who you're yelling at okay he's a nice guy all right anyways uh you've got so you've got this big summer what are your expectations for scotland then I mean, it's, I, it's I do su- I do support Scotland as well. Like, uh, like my family are all Scottish, so even though I don't sound particularly Scottish, um, I will be supporting Scotland in the game. And if if we get through the group, I'll be really really happy. The team spirit's there, um, and also the organisation of the team. Like Steve Clark, our manager, is is a counter attacking coach, so you have them defensively astute. So if we can nick a goal, I'd be really, really happy. Um, but yeah, really, it, and it comes down to the game against England. Um, the last time we played them was like the the two two draw, and with Griffiths with two things. Oh. and it was insane. And yet we did it in such a Scotland way, where we conceded in the last minute. And that when I was watching the penalties, even the, that game when it got to penalties when we qualified, that was so Scotland that we would. We would we would concede from a corner kick right at the end of the game. That it was like we had to do it the hard way, but we finally like won the shootout and yeah, like David Marshall, obviously hero. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting like how we play. But yeah, I, I would really like to see us like call it. I think we've got enough talent to qualify. We've got so many good midfielders. That's the thing. We can't, like, we've got so many good midfielders. We've got like amazing left backs. Yeah, <laughs> and, no, so you, you have, Robertson and Tierney are arguably the two best Scottish players and they play the exact same position. And it's like, why, why did they have to create them there? Oh. It's yeah, it's insane. And like, you look at someone like John McGinn, like he's, in, he's so great. And like in, if you, but watching him play, even in the Scottish leagues, and then he got his transfer. What, like all the Aston Villa fans must have been like, "Why are we signing this guy?" He doesn't. But he's look, so strong. Yeah. But he, I, yeah. every time I look at McGinn, I'm like, I feel like I saw that guy at Walmart yesterday. Like he doesn't. He doesn't look like this kind of explosive athlete. In, in but he's he's just really good. I don't know. It's incredible. He's such, and he's scoring so many goals at international level. He's like breaking into the box. He he's basically like our like Frank Lampard, really, like making it into the box at the last minute. That that's what he is like for Scotland. Unfortunately, we haven't got any strikers that really score. <clears throat> like, so that's that's the only part. Yeah. So no, fingers I, crossed. I, I relate to that in a spiritual way is it the u.s national team has I've, I, look i got no problem with josie altador other than the fact that he has like 300 caps for the national team and that it's always with josie altador with a bad hamstring has been our go-to at the last like two world cups i think it's just like wheel him out there again and then dempsey who he actually he can't actually do anything with the ball but he just scores with like his pelvis he scored with his pelvis in the last world cup it's like the most american thing ever it's like you can't even just this raw determination to get the ball in the net uh, all right i believe i started this podcast and i said it's gonna be 20 to 30 minutes it's been an hour and 10 minutes is there anything that uh in our multiple different veins of conversation 
or probably really just the match engine part of it that we just didn't touch on that you're like now you have the ear of these people that are commenting on the game constantly uh what do you want them to know god that's a good question actually like, well, only took me 70 minutes to get to it <laughs> <laughs> oh no there's been some brilliant ones you know like no um, i've really really enjoyed this like that's the thing we've been talking for so long but it's felt like a conversation about our favorite game so Based, that yeah. that to me is that that's the beauty of of football and football manager like how it can bring people together um i guess in terms of the in terms of thinking about the simulation and thinking about the match engine like you were right you hit the nail on the head with like direct goals like direct free kick goals in that only like two percent are scored over the season so that's what we simulate it's the same with penalties like we we have a really high penalty <laughs> conversion rate believe oh, yeah. it or not we simulate it even higher than what it is in real life and people are still upset when they miss a penalty <laughs> i just wanted to say it does happen like it it like people do miss penalties and you know obviously like i am part english and we used to lose every shootout a manageable and yeah even though we had the best penalty takers and yet still that would happen so that's one thing that i would say is it does happen it's okay all right like it's that that's probably the main thing is we do simulate a lot more like it's higher than 75 percent in our tests that we run internally higher so you're more likely you're more likely to score a penalty in fm than in real life if you just take some oh, yeah. random player 100 percent all yeah. right. Oh, well, 75% less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you heard it here first. You missing your penalty in your save is not your fault. Or, well, it's not his fault, more importantly. Uh, Nick, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Leland. I appreciate it. <laughs>